Christy is an naysayer, so Christy goes first. Christy, welcome to the program. Oh, hey, Lars. I love being a naysayer because I don't have to wait. That's so, right. Um, you go I'm right to the head of the stuff. line. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, I was thinking, you know, this is something that is pretty much part of the Obama criminal justice reform plan that, you know, if Clinton were uh, elected, that, you know, probably we'd see a lot more states abolishing the death penalty. I think it's just kind of part of a long-term plan. I think a lot of people see the cost, which is kind of what I'm concerned about. The cost, you, you, of, cost the of, the, of the death penalty is what you're talking about? Yeah, the appeals. I, you know, the figures and everything like that, it just seems to me like the cost of the appeals, because you have to go through a certain amount, that it almost costs taxpayers more than just life without the possibility of parole. Well, have you heard anything like that? I have heard that. Would it surprise you for me to tell you that I've heard that argument before? But is it true? No. Well, no and yes. Let me, can I ask you a couple of questions? Do you have any children? Yes. Okay. How much money would I have to pay you for you to give up one of the life of one of those children? There's no amount of money on the planet. There you go. You're a good mom. So here's my question. If the best research shows that every time you legally and lawfully execute a convicted killer, and we do this very infrequently, there are about 20,000 murders a year. No, I'm sorry. There are about 10,000 murders a year in the United States. We hand out the death penalty about 400 times a year. So this is like that punishment you reserve for your kids that you, you say, we're not going to do this very often. It's, an, it's a very tough punishment, but we're going to do it only when we think somebody has done something exceedingly bad. So that's when we use the right. death penalty. If the best research says every time you execute one of those killers, you prevent 10 murders in the future. How much? Well, what that, kind of value? And that's the thing. This is where me and my husband pretty much, we, he's like, nope, kill him, kill him all. And a lot of people I know are like, well, you know, the only cure for a child molester is the death penalty. We need to expand it. We need to include it, the, you know, child rapist. Oh, I, I mean, everybody has struggled with that. But if everybody you knew, has- if you knew, if I could cite one of the most liberal people in politics in America today, who believes the, the death penalty is morally required because it prevents murders in the future. And his name is Cass Sunstein. He used to work directly for President Obama. He was the regulatory mm-hmm. czar at the beginning of the Obama. So in other words, he's coming from so far to the left, Nancy Pelosi can't even see him. He's so far to the left. He wrote a whole scientific paper suggesting that there was only one choice on the death penalty because Every time you kill a killer, you not only keep him from killing again after he escapes right. or politicians turn him loose, but you also prevent 10 more murders. Now, you'll get people arguing all the time saying, well, you can't prove that. Well, there are a lot of things that we base public policy on, things that we can't prove, but we look at the best, well, science. That's true. We look at the best science that's out there, the best studies. And you know who does most of these studies on the, the effectiveness of the death penalty? Liberal universe, Liberal university uh, prof- uh, professors and researchers who would love to come out with a res- result that says the death penalty doesn't save anybody. But every one of the best well, studies... Think, huh? No, I was just saying, you know, the death penalty, yes, it will probably obviously prevent future murders and everything from the person it kills, but what if we don't have to kill... Like, you said that you would be, you know, for for rapists. 
Well, well no, no, but we're not talking about that right now. Jay, Jay Inslee wants to eliminate it for, mm-hmm. for Washington, and I know Kate Brown wants to eliminate it. She's got her own moratorium in Oregon. She'd like to eliminate it as well. So if you know the end result of this policy is going to be that you might save a million bucks because of a less expensive appeal process, and believe me, even convicted killers who are sent off to prison for life still end up appealing— and in the state of Oregon, the taxpayer pays That's for true. all their appeals. So the, there's not that That's big a true. cost difference between one and the other. And believe me, well, I'm, I'm telling you the real numbers. The real numbers are that when you convict a killer and send him away for, for life, they appeal and the taxpayers pay for it. When you send them for death, they appeal and the taxpayers pay for it. The difference in the cost of the appeals is not gigantic. But let's say I, I could say you could save a million bucks. And it'll cost you the lives of 10 innocent people. And just to make it fun, Christy, I'll include one of your children as one of the 10 people whose life is saved. Is a million bucks to save 10 innocent people too much? No, no, not at all. Well, there you go. You're on my side then, right? (laughs) Well, I'm finding that out more and more. But I still (laughs) struggle with the death penalty because... Of the commandment that says, do not kill, do not... Oh, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, I have we, people we, comparing that to We both abortion. believe in the Ten Commandments. Does the commandment say, yeah. thou shalt not murder or thou shalt not kill? Depends on the translation. Mm, well, I think, do you think that Jesus Christ believed in the right of self-defense? Because I can, I can cite you chapter and verse that he believed that you should defend yourself. The most common uh, piece of evidence of that is that he told his disciples, go out and even if you have to sell your cloak to buy a sword, go buy a sword. You need to defend yourself. Jesus, yeah. Jesus Christ believed in the right of self-defense. This is societal self-defense. Mm-hmm. When we have a killer who's so mm-hmm. bad and we want to defend our society against killers, this is one way that we defend them. Locking somebody up in a cage is also not pretty, but it's something we've decided we have to do to protect our society. So It's necessary. Yeah, and, and the Ten Commandments do not say thou shalt not kill. They say don't murder, don't, don't kill in a way that is not justified. If somebody was attacking your children right now and you had the r- ability to stop that, that person from hurting your children, would you kill him? Oh, it'd be ugly. <laughs> you, you would kill them, you see? Yes. You're yes. getting there. Your husband, your husband will be pleased. You're coming to the right side of the aisle. Here's the other question, Christy. The U.S. Supreme Court has signed off on the death penalty, the modern death penalty, not the one from 80 years ago. The state courts of Oregon and Washington have signed off on the death penalty and said they're constitutional. The voters, the voters in Oregon have actually voted it back in twice by large margins. So if the people have told the government to make this one of the penalties we have available, should any governor like Inslee or Brown say, I'm just not going to do it? Oh, they, you know, they still, you know, when it comes to the will of the voters, there's tons of things that they kind of have their own agenda. And Why don't we knock them upside the head and, and remind them that they are, they are hired by us to do a job and they take an oath. <laughs> they, they take an oath. If you hired somebody to mow your lawn and the person was sitting out in, on the front stoop and the lawn's not mowed, do you walk out and say, you're going to mow the lawn? Get busy mowing the lawn. Right? Well, that's true. I tend to pop up different places. I kind of gave myself the, the nickname as the pop-up activist because um, I end up a lot of places where Kate Brown is and a lot of, you know, really? people. And Can I you tell me one pop good policy up. she's popped up on? One good policy? Yeah, one. Just um, just give me a good one. 
He has only been in there for two years. Uh, no, no, that's not it. What's a good policy she's pushed? Raising well, taxes? I'll tell you one thing that she's working. No, she's working on something with the sex offender registry right now. I just got an email, and I emailed her about that in March. She's worked. Hasn't hasn't the sex offender registry been the law for a number of years? It has, but we're so far behind, we're not even in federal... So, so in other words, what you're saying is it's already in the law and the government hasn't been doing the job that we hired them no, to No, they do. haven't. They have to completely make... There's such high turnover in the Democratic Party that nothing ever gets done. And so it's like every couple of years there's more laws introduced to and enforce that, the ones that are already on the book. Is that the best selling point, Christy, you can give me for Kate Brown, is that she's talking about actually doing her job? If you showed up at work and the boss walked out and saw you playing on, you know, playing on your cell phone or shopping online and, and he said, hey, I'm paying you. And you said, well, I'm, I'm thinking about getting to my job. What would your boss's reaction be? Well, I, bosses wouldn't be too happy, but we do have her for the next, what, four years, right? Two years. And then, and then thank God we can replace her. Okay. Well, yeah, we've just got to work. We've got to work with who we have, though. That's how I feel about the people who are trying to. Oh, the gloves are off when it comes to Trump. It's like uh, we have to work with what we have. You know what I, I think the, the folks who are against Trump are afraid of? They're afraid he's going to be Change. fabulously successful, and that's going to kill them. I'm really hoping. Well, For some reason, I have not said one bad thing on my Facebook about him, and it's because not only am I scared because I'm like I don't want to make that man mad. But because I really, truly believe that we have to work with whoever is elected, regardless oh, uh, of whether worked, you like you know, them or look, not. I took that Obama was the choice of the American people eight years ago. He did a lot of damage to the country. Believe me, don't be afraid of the Trump people. Be afraid of the liberals. They're the ones with the rocks and the bottles. They're the ones who set towns on fire. You're listening to The Lars Larson Show.